0: Good morning and welcome again to Hope. It is my privilege to share the message this morning and I'm really excited uh, for the message of today and so thank you for letting me uh, talk to you this morning. So a couple years ago I was serving in a Christian camp in Mexico. Uh, We offered summer camps for kids around Mexico City and the surrounding areas. And that year we partnered with an organization that work with kids that live on the streets. They gave them uh, some meals and uh, some classes for for those kids to be entertained throughout the day. And we partnered with them and we raised some money to offer them full scholarships so they can come to our camp. On the first day of camp, parents come and drop their kids off. And I immediately noticed this girl that was in line to be registered. She was wearing pink boots, a pink hat, a pink shirt. Uh, Everything was pink on her. She had a big pink sleeping bag and the biggest uh, suitcase I've ever seen in my life. But right behind her, there was another girl that she was wearing some shorts, uh, a jersey, and uh, she had with her a bag, like a plastic bag, with a couple things there, no boots, no sleeping bag. It was one of the girls from from that organization that she got a full ride to come to camp. We decided to put them together in the same cabin group knowing that they will have an awesome ride an awesome experience Um, at the beginning it was really rough for them to get get along and they made it really clear that they didn't like each other Um, but after a couple days you could see the transformation happening and right after a game they realized that they were not so different both of the parents were divorced and being the oldest sibling in the house they were in, in charge of taking care of their, their uh, younger siblings. And they realized that, that they had a lot of things in common. Together they brought their cabin the, and uh, they became the best friends. At the last day of camp, they, they hugged each other and they cried when they said goodbye. That would never have happened if they didn't experience being part of a community. A community designed to offer them a unique environment where they could be themselves, they could be love, they could be um, live above artificial limitations. They were able to serve together, grow together, and blossom into who they're created to be. Today's scripture comes from 1 Peter in the chapter 4. We're going to be reading from the verses 8 to 10. But before I read it, I would like to bring a little bit of context in this book. Peter was one of the first disciples of Jesus. And um, um, he, he wrote this letter from Rome and he wrote it to a different community of believers, Jewish and Gentiles. So they were all scattered in, in, um, in Asia Minor, like what today is Turkey. And they were scattered because they were suffering um, persecution and peter wrote this letter to encourage them in the middle of their suffering and and he constantly pointed them to jesus throughout this letter one commentator says that first peter it, it might be called the job of the new testament because it provides encouragement for the true believer to continue on the way that jesus has laid out for all his followers the endurance of peter uh, Called disbelievers to is similar to Job's, a man who suffered despite his righteousness. Peter maintained that this was the kind of true perseverance that God expects from his people. Last week we heard from Jimmy and he talked about Job. At the end, we were a reminder how Job was desperately needed of a savior. And Jimmy pointed us to Jesus as the only way of salvation and escape from those walls, caves, and dark places. What we heard last week echoes uh, through the words of Peter this morning. Peter starts the chapter from, we will we'll be reading this morning in chapter four, starts with this statement. Since therefore Christ suffer in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. A couple of verses down, he encourages believers to be sober and have a clear way of thinking because the end is near. And finally, we get to the verse that I wanna share with you today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please read with me 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. It says this, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Today, I want to share with you the type of community that God is calling us to be. In the light of this passage, my desire to hope is is, is to hope to become a community of love, a community of hospitality, and a community of service. Dear sisters and brothers, I want to encourage you to be a community of love, especially in the times where we're living where, where the word love has lost its meaning, where, um, where the importance of a role in our community is huge because um, it's really easy not to, to love our sinful nature pulls us away, and I found myself carrying out at, at, at fault constantly, especially when I'm driving. And you can ask that to my wife. <laughs> when somebody cuts me off, or when somebody does something I don't like, my immediate reaction is to tell you, I love you so much. <laughs> of course not. I think of things that I'm embarrassed to admit, and sometimes I say the words that I should not be saying. But true love and, and loving each other deeply is not an easy thing to do. Peter is telling us that above all things, we have to love each other deeply because the love covers a multitude of sins. When we love, the difference that, we make, uh, the, the difference that makes us angry are, 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 they can be put away. When we love, we're able to forgive. When we love, we can make a difference in our families, with our friends, and we can make a difference in Jersey City. Peter is calling us to love intentionally, to extend that love. This kind of love is the one that Jesus is referring in John 13, 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It doesn't say that people will know that we we are disciples of Jesus by the way that we dress or the way that we look. No, it says that people will know that we are disciples of Jesus because we love each other. So how can we love deeply and intentionally? There's another passage in one of the Gospels in Matthew, where a Pharisee comes to Jesus and asks him a question, is that which, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus' response, it's amazing. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When we love God with all our heart and soul and mind, loving our neighbor should be an immediate response, so an automatic response. But to be honest, it's not easy. Loving those who judge you, who talk behind your back, or those who you don't like is really hard. So again, how can we love with an extending love? How can we become a community of love? The answer is simple, but it's not easy. Because the answer is by loving. That can look very different in your life than in mine but at the end love is love and love is an action love should make a difference in the way that we react in the way that we talk in the way that we live because without love our actions are mere moralism the Apostle Paul in, in, in his letter to the Corinthians says uh, in first Corinthians 13 It says, if I speak tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I don't know if you have heard a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, but it sounds horrible. Paul continues this, and if I have prophetic powers and I understand all the mysteries and and all the knowledge, and if I have all the faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver of my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And Jesus gave us the greatest example of love. And now he's empowering us to do the same thing. Love like Jesus. Love selflessly. Love till it hurts. Love without expecting anything, but just love God is calling us to love our enemies. How crazy is that idea? But that's how deep God wants us to love each other. He wants us to love our enemies. He wants us, that's the way that he wants us to love. Our church is doing something that is very tangible way through different campaigns throughout the year. So I want to invite you and pray and consider this initiative's, so hope may become a channel for you to love our community so let's be a community of love peter continues this passage uh, with another encouragement in verses 9 says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling the new living translation reads it cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay Peter's getting really personal. (laughs) Sharing my what? To who? Yes. (laughs) But remember, Peter was writing this letter to believers that were persecuted. So they constantly found themselves fleeing from where they were, and they constantly needed somebody to give them a place to stay or a meal to share. And believers often open their doors and their homes to receive those who were fleeing. But when you open your, your, your home to somebody, you're not only letting them in, but you, they're letting, you're letting them to know you. Because they will see how you interact with your family. They will see how you treat your dog. They will see how clean is your house. When you open your house, you're, you're, you're letting yourself to be Vulnerable. My mom uh, tells me that uh, one day she was waiting for me outside my elementary school, probably early years or late years in kinder, probably first grade, second grade. And uh, she was waiting outside of the school. She was with other moms probably bragging of how cute I was and how smart I was. Nah. (laughs) Uh, But um, as she was talking with with, uh, the other moms, um, she noticed that her little boy was standing up in the middle of the patio in front of everybody. And with the top of his lungs, he yelled, who wants to invite me for dinner? (laughs) And to her surprise, there was a bunch of kids that raised their hand and they say, Hey, I want to invite uh, G to my house. And also some parents were there, but I'm really thankful for those who opened their homes to this little rascal (laughs) to have somewhere to eat or a place to stay. And those experiences uh, shaped who I am today. Hospitality is an extension of the love that Peter is telling us, to love deeply. And hospitality is an extension of that love. The Bible is full of verses that encourage hospitality. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Romans 12 uh, verse 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So Hope, Jersey City, we are called to be a community of hospitality. And hospitality without grumbling. For those who don't know, I am from Mexico and uh, Mexico is known for many things like tequila, tacos, mariachi, some other delicious food and folklore and some other not good things. But today I want to share the good things. Um, One of the things I believe Mexico is known is because of its hospitality. According to the Mexican government, each year, an average of forty nine point six million people visit Mexico. And out of those almost 50 million, nine come from the US. And 50% of those that come to Mexico return at some point in their lives. We all have heard the phrase of mi casa es tu casa. My house is your house. When we Mexicans say that, we really mean it. If I could translate it into English, we are saying like, we are here for you. Anything you need is here anytime, literally anytime. If you need something, you can come to us. This is a safe place. We want you to feel at home. You can come and knock and come in. Don't, you don't even have to knock. Just come in and feel at home. This is what "mikasa" casa, tu casa means. And I think it's similar to what Peter is saying. Offer hospitality without grumbling. So in the midst of COVID, how we're supposed to offer hospitality without grumbling? Well, it could look like Uh, making yourself available for a phone call, for a Zoom meeting, or a WhatsApp, or a text. We can keep an open line of communication for people to tell you how they're doing, so we can pray for each other, you can encourage each other. We might not be able to share a room for someone to stay, but we can share our time and resources to help them. Maybe it, it can look like helping somebody with rent money, Or letting them stay at your place if you take the the right precautions hospitality can look like sharing a meal with your neighbors especially the one that is hard to love and you know which one i'm talking about because i have one too we all have one but the holy spirit instructed peter to mention grumbling because he knew we will grumble he knew that it was going to be hard he knew that it will cost us and then we will complain why do we have to open up our house to strangers? Why do I have to make a bed? or Why do I have to prepare a meal? But remember, Christ suffered to the point of death. And there's no, nothing that, that can compare to that sacrifice and that suffering. We're not only called to be a community of love and a community of hospitality, but we're called to be a community of service. Let, let's read the verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve one another as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When I read this verse, I immediately think of, of, um, of the story in the Gospels where Jesus and his disciples are found in a, quite a situation. There were 5,000 people. Don't worry, they're six feet apart and they're wearing their masks but a little boy comes and brings his lunch. He brings five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus sees this action. He prays and gives thanks for this food. And, and a miracle happened. And everybody was fed. Everybody was able to eat and there was leftovers. But what I'm telling you this story, it's because the boy used what he had to serve others. Imagine if if the outcome of that was incredible. What God can do with your life. Imagine what God can do with your gifts. When I was in seminary, I had the opportunity to learn from teachers with doctorates in theology, master's degrees, missionaries that were like 30 years in the field, and they all were using their gifts to serve others, to serve me. But I want to tell you a bit about um, my favorite teacher, and his name is John Lafada. Every morning before sunrise, John and his wife will be outside of their houses, outside of their house, and, and be, they will be praying for us, students. Every morning, he will, he will spend that time in praying for us. He, he was one of the only teachers who showed real interest in, in, in me, in my life, in my growth, in my development. He was always humble, always looking for ways in how to serve others. But Mr. LaFara was the grounds maintenance person in my seminary. He was not a teacher in a classroom, but his life was the most beautiful theology book that I've ever read in my life. His character spoke and continues speaking volumes of God's grace and love and a godly example and a true image of what God can do if you let yourself be used and you let your talents be used. He as a grounds maintenance person had a bigger impact in my life that that most of my teachers with with doctorates and, and masters had. <laughs> I'm telling you this because we often think that we need those titles that we need that recognition in order to make something and make a difference in somebody's life. But it's not true. You can change somebody's life by cutting grass. You can change somebody's life by programming and doing your work with excellence. You can change somebody's life by cooking delicious meals every day to your family. You can change somebody's life doing uh, what you're called to do and using those gifts to serve others. When I think of love, service, and hospitality, I think of Jesus. The only way that we can achieve this three things as a community is through Jesus. There's no way that we can do it without Him and without His example. So I want to close this morning with a, with a final verse in Philippians, um, in the chapter 2, 5 to 11, and I will read this. And while I'm reading it, please meditate in the words and, and, and really think of what Jesus uh, did meant and what it's meaning right now in your life. This passage says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a great example we have in Jesus. So brothers and sisters let's be a community of love of hospitality and service. God bless you.